You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today uh, I have a guest, and I want to talk a little bit before I get to the guest because... Uh, it is a topic that I am fascinated by and that you've heard about. And this is something that I'm really, oh, dog's here. And nice. All right. So something that that is really important to me, and the reason I say this is because I did an episode a few weeks back, uh, months back, a year ago. I don't know how long it's been. I have to ask my producer. But uh, I talked about um, things like Osempic and Wagovi and um, Smegalitude and these types of drugs. But really the the issue that I had, I was perturbed because as somebody that uh, myself uh, being diabetic, I was very mad that so many people were using these drugs that were not diabetic uh, in order to, to lose weight. And I mentioned it, I am not actually concerned that people are taking these drugs to lose weight. I don't mind that it's between you and your doctor and you're going to make decisions because you're an adult. You do what you want. But when you take those things out of people's hands that need them in order to live, right, in order to keep their health in check um, more acutely than somebody's need for weight loss uh, and in many cases uh, need to to lose an extra few you know five ten lbs as opposed to people that are looking at that that could use it for larger amounts of weight so it was a big deal to me and uh, i did a podcast on it and i actually won uh, my second major award for podcasting with that particular episode so uh, it's one that is near and dear to my heart. So what I have is uh, I have somebody that's done some research on it and has put together a statement along with several other authors and uh, a review on behalf of NASM. So I'd like to welcome my friend, my Steve Martin to this uh, this SNL, the person who's been on the show more than anyone else. You know him. We love him. Dr. Scott Cheatham. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Hello, NASM. NESM family, how are you? <laughs> Rick, how are you doing? Man, I'm living the dream, brother, and I'm so happy that you're on. We always love having you on, and I appreciate that. But this topic is big. So I would love for you to just like give us a little introduction, first of all, to yourself, for people who have not met you and, and heard you on the podcast before, a little bit about you, and then let's get into this topic. Okay, well, uh, Scott Cheatham, I am a university professor, a clinical researcher, and a subject matter expert and a managing board member of the NASM Scientific Advisory Board. So I do quite a few things um, in my daily life besides teaching and research. Um, I do a lot of work with um, NASM and um, the health and fitness industry. So this topic today is an important one for myself because I have so many of my clients on this medication for cosmetic weight loss. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a hot topic for us. Um, what was what was interesting is 
is that we were we're lucky that we were able to get together uh, myself along with several other experts to put together an evidence-based review of these GLP-1 um, class of medications. And so um, if, if those of you in the NASM family and those of you who are watching are interested, you guys can actually go online and just um, get into one of the search engines and um, just go ahead and I'll just use the term Google, um, Google in um, NASM um, downloads. And these are um, open for everyone to read. They're open source for everyone to see. And we have a short version for uh, fit pros who want to share it. And then we have a longer nerdy version for those of you who want to dig into the research. So those will be accessible on the NASM website. Um, and so I think it's a very hot topic because again, as we mentioned, so many people are, are using these, you know, glucagon-like peptide or GLP-1 medications for this cosmetic weight loss. And these are people who do not have type two diabetes. And so it's, right. it's a, it's a concern. And I think it's a great um, kind of red flag for the fitness professional and wellness coach to really understand these medications and also to be able to coach their clients while they're on these medications. And so interesting. I, I appreciate that. Then the reason I do is because I have, I have several clients at, None that will admit to me that they are on it, but I have several clients who are telling me all of their friends are doing it. I have several clients who are hinting at, oh, I'd really love to, to, to do this. I want to do this for myself. And so one of the questions I ask, which is, uh, I think, valid, is are you trying to be fitter or just be leaner? And, uh, and, and I don't mind that somebody says they want to be leaner if that is their goal, but I certainly want them to want to be fitter. Um, but also we see this a lot. Like some, one of my guys says that he has several friends that are on it and he goes, these people barely have any weight to lose, like maybe five or 10 pounds. And they're just kind of the, the hardest weight to cut is the weight that they're using this to get edge. And I'm actually a little shocked that they can get a prescription for it. So, you know, kind of help us navigate this a little bit. And I'm not necessarily asking for a, uh, <laughs> for, for a moral or ethical uh, look at it because I don't actually have an issue with any of this. Like I said, people are adults. They can do what they want. Um, but my biggest concern is uh, I would like to know are there, there are things that we need to be aware of, things that we need to watch out for, and then if I'm working with somebody that's on this, how does exercise affect that? And that, that's something that I need to be aware of for my clients who maybe or maybe not on this so I can uh, help navigate that as a fitness professional. Yeah, so I think I think if we look at the history of the GLP-1 medications, they were, cre they were created in 2005. So they've been around for a while, but it wasn't until about 2018 where researchers looked at the effects of these medications on people who were overweight or obese and did not have uh, diabetes. And so, so the interesting part is once um, the FDA started approving them, then doctors were able to prescribe these medications, what they call off-label, to people who 
who do not have diabetes for reasons like cosmetic weight loss. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it's, so it's really interesting to see since 2018, 2019, um, the, the, the medical doctors or healthcare professionals that can prescribe are using this pathway. And at least what I've read in the literature, it's called off labeling. They could prescribe this, you know, obviously type two diabetic medication to individuals who, who do not have diabetes. And, and then that's why it's been so widely used for what the researchers are calling this cosmetic weight loss. Um, and what's interesting is, is because this medication is so effective, Rick, is that, you know, the GLP-1 is, is a chain of um, amino acids that act as like a hormone in the gut and also in the brain. So it stimulates many physiological processes, um, especially with like um, decreasing, you know, pancreatic function, reducing um, blood glucose, as well as kind of turning off so some of those hunger signals in the brain, in the stomach to be short. And so, so a lot of the medical doctors had found this to be effective in people who were non-diabetic and people, and so then we started seeing the popularity increase among individuals who just simply want to lose weight. Um, the side effect though, the main concern is, is the rapid weight loss um, and the loss of, of lean muscle mass. Um, as, as we know too, when we look at longevity and we look at as we age, especially after, you know, the, in our third or fourth decade, um, a lot of experts are saying, hey, lean muscle mass is the key to longevity. And yeah. one of the and one of the biggest concerns with this GLP-1 medication is the rapid weight loss, but the potential to lose lean muscle mass, as well as some experts are suggesting that you could, um, you know, you could reduce your bone mineralization also. So there could be oh. some risks for some bone loss. Also, again, that has not been fully substantiated okay. um, to date, but definitely that there's a concern with the rapid weight loss and um you know the loss of nutrients and stuff that that could be affecting things oh, amazing and so ladies and gentlemen again we've got dr scott cheatham who is with us talking about the glp1 pathway the inhibitors the drugs the the usage and getting a little background on what it is and what it means um this is important for us to discuss. There was even a, a joke that Joe Coy made at the Golden Globes over the weekend about uh, you know people in Hollywood using these drugs. And I think that's something that uh, is very common than we're seeing a lot of. And this is kind of a the, the Hollywood weight loss drug. And so yeah. I wanna know yeah. a little bit more about the science of it. This kind of stuff is, what is intriguing to me um, as as people are postulating on this i mean there's some ideas that maybe there's bone loss uh, bone mineral density issues what what are what are some other potential risk that go along with this because i mean from people that i know the there are a lot of positives that could come out of this for folks what are some of the, the things that we need to be aware of and the risks that are potentially there? 
Yeah, well, I think um, if, if anybody who's interested more, they can go to the manufacturer's website. Um, we do have some resources in our statements that we did put out, but there are common adverse effects of the medications such as stomach issues, GI issues, fatigue, dizziness, runny nose, sore throat, or headache. Those are those are the t those are the adverse uh, effects that can come with the medication themselves. And then there's 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 a set of other indications and contraindications that are listed on the Novo Nordisk website um, that you know people want to take a deeper look at. Um, and so besides the 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 common adverse effects with taking a medication, the, the, you know, a lot of experts are circling back to the, you know, the loss of lean muscle mass and potential bone loss. Those seems to be the, the, the other adverse uh, effects that are concerning because people are losing so much, so much weight. And as we all know, as, as health and fitness professionals, when, when you do, when you, when someone does lose weight, there is muscle loss, right? It's not perfect. And, and so that's the, that's the big thing. But what's interesting though, Rick, and I wanted to, I wanted to kind of highlight this is that the manufacturer had set up a series of about 13 to 14 studies to look at all this. And um, they, they, they call them the, the step studies, okay? So it's a semi-glutide um, kind of manufacturer studies. And what they found was, was, you know, with the medication, subjects were successful when they had a hypocaloric diet along with behavioral counseling from a registered dietitian. And that was based on lifestyle modification. And so I think the take home message here is, you know, a lot of people are taking these GLP-1 medications now that there's several of them on the market for cosmetic weight loss, but they may not be adjusting their dietary um, macros, such as maybe increasing their protein intake to help counteract some of that muscle loss, or they may not be, um, you know, participating in lifestyle modification, such as regular exercise, wellness, and of course, what we just mentioned was good dietary behaviors. And so I think, I think that's important because the original research has a multimodal treatment, not just, oh, let's just take the medication as a standalone. And so it's, in, and, but, but it's interesting though, because the, the manufacturers and the researchers from the, the step one study, I thought was pretty, pretty well done as a researcher myself, the methods were pretty tight. I was super happy to see that, that, you know, that they controlled for a lot of variables that we would control as researchers. But what was interesting, though, is, is the, the step one study, you know, came out, um, it was published like in 2021. So it's pretty recent. But they also did a follow up um, after one, a, a one year follow up after the initial study. And they found that the participants in the study regained two thirds of their body weight once they hmm. got off the medication and the lifestyle intervention program. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That was my next question question to you, yeah. which was what's the effect once you stop taking the medication? Yeah. And so, and, and that's, and they, and that was a follow-up, a one-year follow-up from the step one. So they, mm. they took a large, they took a pretty good sample of about 300 plus people okay. and followed them. And they found out once they, once they got off the whole program, which is that multimodal, remember dietary counseling, lifestyle modification with the medication, once they kind of got back to their normal daily activities, they regained two thirds of the, of their prior weight loss. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Which I, you know, still on a positive note, uh, one third less weight, <laughs> exactly. even a year later is still still pretty good. But that is something to, to be aware of. And that's something I think this is where it was coming from, because I had heard this, that once you stop it, now, I didn't know any research on it. I just heard that once you stop it, then the chances of gaining that weight uh, come back. And with that being said, um, this is, you know, people use this Hollywood for roles. They use it to, hey, let's lose weight because I got this gig coming up. Uh, so I guess I kind of get it. But man, has it ballooned into something much, much bigger than that and gone out to the larger kind of masses. And, uh, and there are people I know that are are taking it and no behavior modification scott no behavior modification and they're just plugging it in and it seems to be working well for them too so uh the the feedback that i got from the people that i know that are taking is they just tend to not feel as hungry is that is that kind of what the expectation is when you take this medicine yeah, I think that there's going to be mixed results with people, right? I think yeah. um, I think we're going to have some people who respond well to it and some people who don't. Um, I, yeah. I think along at least the clients that I see, um, I do have that mixture. I have some people who've lost significant, significant weight and muscle. And also, I've, I've also seen some individuals who, like you mentioned, they're taking it, but they're so, but they've already have those pre-established lifestyle behaviors. So I think I so I think that there's going to be a mix of people and I think I think everyone agrees that the medication itself is pretty amazing. It's a game changer. But I, I think the take-home message is as, as fitness professionals and wellness coaches, we can play a strong role in helping them combined the lifestyle medic, you know, lifestyle modifications for longer term health, because um, it, unless, unless you have some serious cardio metabolic risk factors um, or, you know, some of the more severe uh, type two diabetes, you know, so, you know, a lot of um, individuals I talk to and other medical professionals consider that the GLP-1s may not be a lifelong medication that some people okay. have to take, right? You know, that some people may um, be cycled off of it, some people may not. So, so I think, I think the, the addition of that lifestyle modification, which is proper diet, um, exercise and wellness is, is uh, something that we could add value to the whole program for some individuals. Um, and I, I think that's a huge thing. Yes, sir. And I think it's so important because um, th there's so much research that's coming out now, even though we understand that there are some correlations with, with overweight and obesity with risk factors, 
we find that most of those risk factors, once you start including physical activity, uh, it becomes, you know, people who are sedentary, we see those risk factors rise independent of body weight. And I see research after research, independent of body weight, sedentary, and then they go into movement, independent of body weight. So that movement becomes the thing that helps to mitigate the risk factors, not necessarily the weight loss. So being more active is more valuable. Now, it's not a, always a very good cosmetic fix. And that took me a long time, Scott, to get my head wrapped around because I was in the mindset that people are coming to me for weight loss, and yet fitness isn't necessarily the best weight loss. I think fitness is the best tag along with weight loss, which is the health factors, but also the ability to maintain lost weight when it's done through nutrition, right? So nutrition, mm -hmm. like when we talk about, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. That's, I mean, weight loss is really about limiting the amount of calories. When you do a workout, you're not actually metabolizing significant amount of calories uh, that would lead to copious amounts of weight loss necessarily. I mean, you can, but the, the fact that those things are done together where there's diet and nutrition. Now we've got kind of this big assist from pharmaceuticals. However, it doesn't necessarily mitigate the risk factors that go along with it. Is that, uh, do, or have you seen that risk factors have been mitigated uh, such as heart disease and, and, and obviously like maybe some uh, type two diabetes? Well, yeah, some of the, some of the the early research. So again, you know, the this GLP research is really kind of emerging, and some of the research is suggesting that it helps reduce these cardiometabolic risk factors, like you know, high levels of glucose, some other some other some of the risk factors for heart disease, etc. But again, those are still in the infancy, right? We're still looking at these medications now that everyone's taking it. We have a larger sample size. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of people to look at. You know, you know, we have a huge sample size. You know, so you know, and you know, once as if the sample size gets bigger and bigger, things get more significant. <laughs> so you know, yeah, so. yeah, no doubt. Actually, I'm looking forward to doing that. Now, do you know if medical doctors uh, kind of record this and upload it for uh, so that it can be researched on a like a more meta level? I haven't seen I haven't seen anything yet, but it would be nice to have a a you know a international database where we could track track this because I know I know the manufacturer has done a good job looking at you know the 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 first seven of the steps study series and they've done a good job looking at different things but again as we mentioned each of those studies included lifestyle modifications right they always they looked right. at the behavior they look at the long-term effects so there a lot of these researchers are not just dependent on the medications um another thing though i wanted to bring up really quick that we did find in the research Mm. is that there are some concerns with somebody who might be um, a little bit older, let's say older than the age of 50 or even 60 taking the medications, there could be some uh, an increased risk for sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. Oh. 
so so again, you know, there there are some. Um, also, too, um, we have another um, evidence-based um, position paper coming out soon for the NESM family about sarcopenia and age-related muscle loss. And we're starting to realize, looking at those two topics, that they kind of cross over. There's going to be some crossover with age-related muscle loss because there's a new subdiagnosis called sarcopenic sarcopenic obesity. People who have muscle loss, but they have a high adiposity to them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So 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 again, you know, we're we're looking. There's there's so many moving parts around these GLP ones. Um, we know that it's been validated completely for um, individuals with type two diabetes, and we understand that it does. It is a game changer for weight loss. But the key thing is, is how do we? help people to maintain once they get off the medication once these cosmetic you know cosmetic weight loss individuals cycle off of it how do we maintain it and i think that's where the nesm family is most you know qualified is to really coach them on these um strategies right um from a clinical perspective like I do like this. Uh, Dr. Scott Cheatham, thank you so much for talking to us about this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I think that we are, as we start to near the end of our conversation, I just want to find really the some of the major takeaways here uh, with, with Dr. Cheatham because it's out there. People are doing this. It is a regular drug for many, pharmaceutical for, for many people now. Um, so we have a role to play here when they, he talks about the research and there was behavior modification and there were some other things like this is where we can come into play, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw that back over to you, Scott, when we, when it comes to just like kind of rounding out what we've talked about, what are, what are the expectations of these, uh, GOP one medications and what are, the what are the what's the role that the fitness professional plays when our clients are on these medications okay well first i think the glp1 medications are amazing i think that they'll be a game changer but i think the take-home message here is is that um clients who are on the medications obviously need to be monitored by their um, qualified healthcare provider to make sure that that they're safe and stuff. Also, too, with the GLP-1 medications, um, the research is suggesting that when it's combined with a lifestyle uh, intervention that includes, you know, good eating behaviors, uh, regular exercise, um, using the U.S. physical activity guidelines, as well as you know, making sure the wellness is there, that people. And the study seemed to be more seemed to be more successful. Um, I think that the role of the fitness professional and wellness coach um, is most important in the area of lifestyle mo modification. I think that they could work with these individuals to build those good behaviors, to to work with things. Also, too, I think it's important for all parties involved, including the fitness professional and the the client, to be able to make sure that there's that they're feeling okay throughout this process because there are adverse reactions. There are um, risks for losing too much weight or losing bone. 
So I think I think it needs to be kind of it needs to be in the forefront of someone who's taking this. Um, and also, I think it's I think it's important to remember that um, individuals who choose to um, get these medications, please make sure that they're from reputable sources. Please make sure that they're from your medical doctor prescribed. Um, there are black market counterfeit medications out there. Um, a lot of compounding pharmacies. The FDA has put out many alerts on compounding and counterfeit medications because it's such a popular sector of the pharmaceutical industry right now. So making sure that it's safe and that you're getting reputable uh, medication is is huge. Um, also, um, there's I'm been- I'm glad you said that because a, a client of mine kept getting his from this dude named Billy on 42nd and 9th yeah. in Times Square. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. Yeah, I don't Maybe. trust Billy anymore. I don't trust Billy, yeah. <laughs> Billy, yeah, that's... I've been to Billy for a few things, and uh, Billy boy, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, you know, this other stuff was good. <laughs> those Midtown people, you know, you know, like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, so it's 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 a big industry right now. It's very popular. I and again, I think there's a lot of positives. Um, in, you know, um, to all this, but I, I just think as long as the client is aware of things, as long as they're, you know, su supplementing their diet with maybe higher protein and they're, and they're, they're on top of it. I think it's going to, I think it's fine for a lot of people, but again, it's those quick cosmetic weight loss that could cause problems that we've seen. And it's been, been reported in the medic and some of the medical journals and stuff. Uh, Dr. Scott Cheatham, thank you so much. Can you let the people know a little bit, like if they are interested and if you're willing uh, them to reach out to you or if they have, you have kind of a, a page where they can follow you or learn more about you, then what would those be? Yeah, I pretty simple. I'm old school. Dr. Scott W. Cheatham .com. My, uh, my personal um, um, website from there um i'm also on facebook and instagram i don't even know my handles like you do rick so yeah. you don't find me <laughs> or they can just google me or whatever or, um I'm, I'm my university is also california state university dominguez hills in uh in southern california so excellent dr scott cheatham thank you so much ladies and gentlemen thank you for your time i know this is something if you haven't heard about you're going to if you haven't been exposed to this topic and this concept. I'm glad that this was the first place for you to hear about it, but it, it's kind of like saying I've never, I never see a convertible Volkswagen bug. And then all of a sudden somebody mentions it and then you see them everywhere. So it, it's going to start popping up. Um, but with that said, you have a responsibility in this. And I don't think the responsibility is to tell them whether they should or should not do that. That's, you know, that's them. They're making adult decisions. But what are some of the role, what's the role that you can play, whether a client is on that or not, in their lives to help support them and their road to self-betterment and their role, uh, road to fitness and wellness. And the other stuff is the other stuff and let them deal with that. But this, what can you do to help them in their fitness journey and their wellness journey and uh, their strength training journeys and potentially their weight loss journey with or without this. But there is a role for that for the people who seek that role in their lives. You want to reach out to me, you can hit me up at dr.rickritchie on Instagram or threads, or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.